What's going on, everybody? I am Hallie O'Brien. And I am Rich Stoner. And welcome to Beyond the Afray, where we sit down, stir it up, and get need. What, what do we get say? drunk. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Beyond the Apre. It's the show where we sit down and stir it up with the Apre Ski's most booziest business owners, cocktail makers, beer brewers, and other just fun people. All of those people. Are all the great things. People. Yeah, all great things happen. Apre Ski. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's up, Hallie? How are you doing this week? What's going on? Anything I'm doing good? great. I got a little nostalgic. With Steve, oh. our guest on this week's show. Steve Walton, director of beverages at High West Distillery. How, what do you mean nostalgic? Talk I to me. I got nostalgic because he started talking about Mount Snow and how that gave him his start in what he considers to be his dream job. And I could totally relate because Mount Snow is where I got my dream job. And it was my dream season. I met amazing people. I had amazing days on the slopes and all three of us actually discussed how great the dover bar and grill was any bar with a nickname d-bags has to be good so i had no idea what d-bags stood for so i'm back and forth with luke stafford throwback those of you that know no right arm and he goes oh yeah you know it's a great time up here you know you're gonna have a great experience lots of awesome people and every day on the slopes winds up with a good you know beer at d-bags being from new jersey we have a very different definition of what a d-bag is don't hold that against hallie or i we're both from new jersey so i had no idea what is d-bags and then i was like oh okay not douchebags it means dover bar and grill (laughs) that's a different it's a different definition. If you have not been to, to the Dover Bar and Grill, uh, it, it was actually voted, I think it was a year or two ago, it was voted the best dive bar in Vermont by, I forget which publication, but it did win that It did win that title. It is something spectacular. It really is. It really is. It's, because you can go there. Everybody knows everybody. You walk in and you get some white Russians and $2 tater tots. Can't say I've had a white Russian there, but I will say this. Have you had the tots? Uh, I, I've definitely had something fried there. I don't. I don't really know. You would know if it's a basket it of tots. You would know if right. you got a basket of tots. Two dollars. Tots are a, big for a basket of tater tots. Well, well that's. I think you, you two dollars for a to, two dollars for tots. That's the that's the the greatest part about d bags is you can go in there and you can yes. order like draft beer for four dollars. Whereas like if you go anywhere else, it's like eight dollar beer night, and that's never fun. And if you don't work at the resort, and if you're not a local. You probably will get charged eight bucks. No. Yeah, yeah you probably shouldn't go. <laughs> so, Rich, as you know, every episode we have a special word. And the word becomes an at-home drinking game for our friends. It's true. But only if you're not driving, operating heavy machinery, holding a baby. Anything that would make you dangerous to another person or yourself. So, if you're listening to this podcast while playing Jenga and drinking whiskey... The word of the day is flavoring. Yes. We're You'll not, see. We're not joking. You'll see. We're not joking, but you're going to be pretty lit by the end of the show. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. All right. So we should get into it with Steve. Steve, head beverage director at High West Whiskey in Park City, Utah. 
All right. Awesome. You can hear us good? I can, I can. Great. Fantastic. Yeah, so we have a lot of liquor in front of us. What are we making today? So we're going to actually make our house-made uh, old-fashioned that we actually make at the saloon uh, in our all of our locations in Utah. Um, it was kind of a cocktail that was based out of necessity because Utah um, has some kind of weird um, laws when it comes to alcohol. Um, so, you know, to not to just kind of brush over it because we don't want to be focused purely on you know, the laws of, of Utah. But uh, you can't make a cocktail uh, over two and a half ounces, but the base spirit can only be an ounce and a half of, of the, the, the primary liquor. So basically, the way that would work out um, in, a, in a normal state is you know, if you're in New York or Los Angeles and you went to a bar and, and was asked, uh, can I get an old fashioned? They're going to pour two ounces of whiskey um, or maybe two and a half, depending on how lucky you are uh, in the area, <laughs> and, then, and then build your old fashioned uh, kind of around that, that base spirit. Whereas in Utah, our base spirit is an ounce and a half, um, and, but you can add a, what we call an ounce of flavoring. So basically what we did was to create our old fashioned, we use an ounce and a half of uh, the High West Double Rye, and then we add an ounce of American Prairie Bourbon. Um, so the cocktail was kind of born out of necessity, but once we dug into it and we understood the flavors and the things coming through, it actually turns out to be a really awesome, phenomenal cocktail. So you get the spice flavors and the really bold, intense uh, flavors of the double rye that really come through at the, at the beginning. But when you add the American Prairie bourbon, you add that natural sweetness that you're going to get from a bourbon. Um, so you're lucky enough to, you know, you get the spice, you get the sweet, and then you can dial back slightly on the, the sugar content which a lot of people shy away from when it comes to, you know, old fashions. A lot of places will be like, hey, you know, can you make me an old fashioned, but can you, can you hold back some of the sugar? You know? but, uh, so we were lucky enough to, to kind of, by adding the American Prairie bourbon to our old fashioned, it allows us to dial back the amount of sugar that goes into the old fashioned itself. So, so, Steve, there, so let, me, let me get this straight. The, the ounce of bourbon is the flavoring? In Utah's classifications, double rye is in the rye category. And, and American Prairie is in the bourbon category. So we're actually not mixing the same base. I'm going to start adding flavoring to all my drinks. That's the best loophole yeah, I've ever I, heard I of. love it. i got to add flavoring to my coffee and my water. <laughs> we just need more flavoring so, yeah. in our life. <laughs> I think I found so the word the, of the so, day. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where our, our old fashioned was born. And then basically people would come in and be like, you know, this is one of the best old fashions that we've ever tasted. And then we kind of, you know, it's, it's our most, it's the number one selling cocktail at all of our locations. And I don't think I'm giving away any trade secrets, but, you know, last year we sold just shy of 50,000 old fashions um, at the, just the saloon location at the, at the base of uh, oh Park City Mountain Ski Resort. Wow. So, you know, it's a, it's a super popular cocktail. So then we was just like, you know, let's bottle it. You know? <laughs> when you've got a great formula, you know, let's, let's, let's sell it to the masses. And what makes it simple is instead of having, you know, your, your two whiskeys, you know, bitters, sugar, you've got one bottle, pour it over ice, you know, happy days. You know? So that's it. So <laughs> that's the old fashioned barrel finished cocktail. And so it's in a bottle, it's ready to roll, just poured over ice. You know, we are indeed this for a couple of months. Uh, and the control was actually our the, the the old fashioned that you would get at the restaurant. So every time we were coming together to put together the barrel aged uh, cocktail, we would have that with us and we'd taste that and then we'd come up with the 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 the, the recipe. Um, 
as the control of the, the original old-fashioned. So very similar to what we've done um, because of the necessity uh, at the restaurant. Um, the actual base of the old-fashioned, the barrel-aged old-fashioned, is actually a bourbon and a rye blend as well. Uh, what that actually does is that, you know, like it does in the regular old-fashioned, adds that extra layer of complexity than rather than just doing a, a just a straight rye. Um, so then Angostura bitters, uh, actual Demerara sugar. So, you know, no additives or kind of flavorings in and then uh then we barrel age it for for 90 days so it sits in a used uh two-year-old rye barrel um for you know you know just so uh, three months and then that that allows the cocktail to kind of macerate together and bring in those extra flavors from the barrel and then and then and then we bottle it you know like yeah put it in <laughs> and, a bottle um you know it's uh you know we only launched it uh, uh on the first of september and so far, you know, the reviews and the, the feedback we've got have been have been awesome. Right? So, so it is currently um, available to, available to the public. It, the launch was uh, September the first, uh, so it is it is one of our new national releases and is available um, at I would say all good liquor stores nationwide. You know? Oh my god, that fantastic! Just, yeah, that just made Opry Ski at Home a lot easier. Or you know, on the go yeah. on the ski resort. Yeah, <laughs> just drop that bottle in a bag and off you run. There you go. Put exactly. it in your pack. So we played. We played in a golf tournament uh, just literally a few days ago. And normally, you know, I'd just throw a bit of whiskey in the flask. But this time, I put the old-fashioned in the flask, put it in the, the fridge overnight, kept it kind of on ice. Uh, and then we were just, you know, kind of old-fashioned to go on the golf course. And it will work, you know, obviously just as fine for the ski slopes. Did know? it help your golf game at all? Hey, no, nothing helps my golf game. <laughs> <laughs> join, join the club. <laughs> well, let, let's let's make one. Let's drink. Let's... Uh... Let's do it. Mix one up. So kind of, you know, to start with our, our base of uh, the ounce and a half of uh, double rye. And then we're going to add our... So just to confirm, I'm doubling this, right? Because there's two of us? You better double it. You're, you're going to make this in the glass. So hopefully you have a couple of glasses of double rye. If you're making for two, we'll, we'll go three. Yep. Now Word you need the, the flavoring. <laughs> our flavoring. <laughs> wink, wink. Do you start with ice in the glass or no? So what you'll notice if you get like a really nice ice cube and you pour whiskey over it, you'll see it melt relatively quickly because of the alcohol content. So when you're making a cocktail, always build the cocktail first and then add ice second so you get the perfect amount of dilution that you're looking for in a cocktail. And you said it's an ounce of this, the, the flavoring? Flavoring. Very bourbon, yeah. <laughs> you're sitting at a base of uh, two and a half ounces of, of whiskey. You know? All right. You know, half ounce of, uh, of, of simple syrup. I keep my simple syrup in a mason jar. So The mason jars as well also act as a really cool uh, cocktail shaker. Throw the ice in, put the lid on, shake it, take the lid off, and you pretty much have a, a ready-to-go you know, cocktail shaker in a mason jar. Right. So having those around the house actually gives you the opportunity to have you know, some bartles, you know, more impromptu bartles. You know? That's a great tip. Check out this adorable yeah. little bitters we have. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a little hot sauce. That you'd get at a hotel. They are so cute, you know. And like right? you know, when I when I saw those, I was like, oh, I've got to got to send that out there. You know, it only does a couple of cocktails, but it's exactly what we need right now. You know? Two or three dashes of the Ango in each of those glasses. Three dashes and go. Get it, Angostura. Ango. Oh, oh, I got it. All right. Okay. A little, I'm a little slow. It's... I'll be over here. I'm going to turn my mic off. Okay. I, I haven't had any whiskey yet, so it's still. All right, two or three dashes. Perfect. Uh, add our ice, and I kind of have these, you know, kind of large uh, one and a half by one and a half uh, ice molds. Um, oh, I had those at home. I should have brought them. 
So our rocks glasses are super cool. They have different mountains imprinted on the bottom of them. Which one do you have, Rich? <laughs> um, I have Mount Whitney. Denali. Denali. There it is. Cool. And you can play the drinking game. And you have to guess which uh, which mountain you are while you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go garnish, and then we're just right? Gonna, yeah. And then we're going to grab uh, an, a lemon and an orange peel and just express those. Do you always make your cocktails on an ironing board, Steve? March, yes. <laughs> Prior to that, you know, I, I used to be behind a bar. You know? <laughs> We're just going to call it an but ironing bar at this point. <laughs> this is, yeah, and it's it, it's been, as crazy as it is, it's, it's been the star of the show. You know, like people look and they're like, are you working on an ironing board? And you're like, yeah, okay, I'm making drinks and the ironing board is has become the star. <laughs> exactly. My drinks are as smooth as my shirts, man. <laughs> And then you have a a, a perfect uh, harvest old fashioned. Yeah. Right, well, cheers! Cheers! Cheers to that one! Cheers to you, Steve. Wow! Oh my god! That is very good. That's delicious. And okay, I'm, I'm trying from... to figure out how it works because it's so good. And it's the I, flavoring. It's the flavoring. <laughs> <laughs> That's smooth. So by adding that extra that ounce of bourbon kind of you get that really spiciness at the beginning of those first few sips and it kind of mellows out and mm-hmm. does really well with the bourbon and you know like most things you know necessity kind of drives the the, the way you you produce things so if utah hadn't have had you know you know very strict laws when it comes to cocktail creation we probably wouldn't have come up with this this version of the cocktail it would have been just pretty much a, a, a rye based old-fashioned you know? so you know we're very lucky in a way uh, you know the 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 laws allowed us to create something, you know, really delicious. You know? mm-hmm. I, I, I love the, one of the things that attracts me to, to rye is the spice character. I do like that spiciness. And then obviously the bourbon, the sweetness of the bourbon. And it, it, like you said, this is like the best of both worlds. Definitely. I love it. Should we, should we, you, you, you can't lose. You know? should, should we have we, another sip? Yes. Or, well, no, I was going to say, should we, we should have, another sip. <laughs> let's have another sip and then let's, should we compare <laughs> to the bottled? Mm. Absolutely. So, you know, on this one, we're going to actually add the ice first and we're going to pour, pour, pour over ice. You know? I'm going to give you Mount Rainier. All right. You get Half Dome. Oh, <laughs> I've wow. been around wow. these cups a little bit. <laughs> Damn, she's good. <laughs> All right. Old fashioned in a bottle. Old fashioned. The taste test. We were lucky enough to be involved in this process to work with uh, Brendan Coyle, our master distiller for High West. Invited, you know, myself and his bar team and, and the bar team along to be part of this process. So, you know, it's the first time that we've had that collaboration. And if you look, the color is, is pretty, is pretty similar right there. Um, on the nose, you get that little orange coming through prior to throwing that kind of citrus over there. Mm-hmm. And should we garnish this one as well? Take a little, take a little sip pre-garnish, just so that you can kind of taste it in its in its rawest form. One of the things that when you're creating what we call, you know, our barrel-aged cocktail, but ready-to-drink cocktails, it's very hard to understand how the consumer is going to enjoy them. You know, what I mean? so are they going to go and get an orange? Are they going to garnish it? What ice are they going to use? So all of these are the factors that you have to think about when kind of creating something that's ready to drink. Um, but I think we, I think we nailed it. So this makes twelve cocktails. The, one of the funny things, like it, it, it makes 12 two ounce cocktails. Uh, and obviously, they don't, we didn't put that on the label. But let's be, per- I'll be perfectly honest. If, if you had that bottle at home, I would say at 
best you're going to get eight cocktails out of it because <laughs> you're going to you're going to pour heavy you know like sure <laughs> right you take all the mixing and the measuring out of it for us so yeah make it a triple <laughs> that's one of the things about you know the at-home bartender you know a lot of people don't measure you know and so they'll be like oh i tried to recreate this at home but i couldn't and i'm like well did you did you measure it out and they're like no i just poured that in and and you always go a little heavier on the the you know the alcoholic ingredients and a little lighter on the the non. Right. Um, so you don't it doesn't come out balanced. It's, you know the best analogy is like baking a cake. You know if you don't follow the instructions, the, the cake won't rise. And it's it's the same thing from a cocktail perspective. You know if you if you don't measure and you just kind of go at it, it it's it's not going to taste the same. You know? Totally. So that's one of the best things about the barrel aged cocktail is you know you can't go wrong. <laughs> Right. literally that <laughs> here we go it's good Ooh, that is good i think it's a it, it's a touch sweeter mm-hmm. right just a touch see i get a little more spice oh sweet Dif- and spice and everything nice different palettes it's, it's right there you know right? yeah. so i you know, i'm it's a it's a you know, if you're at the saloon we've got these great options for you and then if you're you know you're you're out on the ski slopes or you're out on the boat you have a cocktail in the bottle you know, pour over rice and you're ready to go you know we like pocket-friendly cocktails. Well, thank you for walking us through this. Yeah, this is uh, this is good stuff. And again, it's a simple. It's pretty simple. I love that there's no muddling. No, no muddling. If this drink is poured, poured straight over ice, and for the the traditional old fashioned as well, you know, it's a built-in-the-glass cocktail. Uh, allows that extra level of accessibility because, uh, like we said earlier, not everybody's got all the tools and everything that you need. Now, in your kitchen at home, you're probably gonna you're gonna have some kind of measuring utensil. You're going to have a spoon. You're going to have ice. You know, and so you know it's a very simple cocktail to recreate at home. You know, and that, that's that's great for obviously the listeners and you know, the, most people are not you know expert mixologists like yourself. So something simple but yet delicious is is a good takeaway that they can go and you know make on a on a Wednesday or <laughs> or any day or any day or day day. <laughs> yeah, and and it's a it's a three ingredient cocktail, right? You know, so you know when you look back at the history of the cocktail, you know the original version of the cocktail was spirit, sugar, bitters, water. You know, right? mm. so we've got the whiskey, we've got our sugar, we've got our bitters, and the water comes from the dilution of of the ice cubes here. So it's the classic cocktail recipe, um, and obviously it's it's been around um, as 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 far as you know you can you know as far as books have. You know, the original. Um, recipe for the old fashioned, you know, think about those early days of drinking, um, you know, in the you know, late 1800s, early 1900s. I, th- I thought you were talking about Monday. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I can't think back that far. <laughs> you know, people weren't documenting when they were drinking, right? So they're sitting in a bar, they're coming up with these ideas and they're drinking it and they're like, hey, you know, this is awesome. They drink a couple more, they drink a couple more. And next thing you know, they wake up the next morning and, you know, there was not a lot of documentation in the early days of the cocktail, uh, which is why the historical um, uh, the, the history of the old fashioned is very blurred, you know, like very blurred. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so real quick, just run us through the ingredients one more time, one by one. An ounce and a half of the, the high West double rye. We do an ounce of the uh, American Prairie bourbon, half ounce of uh, Demerara simple syrup, two to three dashes of bitters, um, and then we'll add that to a glass, stir with ice, and garnish with an orange and a lemon peel. Yeah. Beautiful. That's good stuff. So definitely go home and make yourself one of these High West uh, Old Fashions. Absolutely. Simple and delicious. Very yeah. smooth, too. Really, really good. I love Old Fashions. I do, too. 
almost too smooth. This could get this could get this could go downhill fast. I know we have so many glasses. <laughs> so obviously, uh, if if you guys haven't picked up, Steve has a, a bit of an accent here, and it's uh, it's not from Utah. Uh, where were you originally from and how did you end up in Park City at High West? So give us, give us your story, your backstory a little bit. It's a kind of a story of just, just luck really. You know, I was working for a company. So originally I'm from England, uh, Essex, just, just east of London. And I was working for a company called Tesco's, uh, got on a graduate scheme, fast track to the top straight out of college. And, you know, one day I was working and I was, and I was just like, it's got to be. It's got to be more to this, you know. So I, I rolled into the boss's office. And I was like, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand my notice in. And he goes, What are you gonna do? I was like, I, I don't know, but I, if, if I'm perfectly honest with you right now, this, this just isn't for me. And he sat back in his chair and he kind of looked a bit bemused. And he was like, well, Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was like, Do you have another job to go to? I was like, No. And he goes, I'm not going to accept your two weeks notice, but when you do find that next step. Let's 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 see where we go. So it was super nice. He allowed me to keep on working. But then that weekend, I basically went to town. I, I went on the Internet and I applied for jobs like all over the world. And I applied for surf jobs in Portugal, ski jobs in the U.S. I, I, I applied for just what, what's going to be fun and a really great adventure. Okay. And but I think like within a week, I got a phone call from Mount Snow in Vermont. And they called me up and, and they were like, um, we've got a position open in the, in the rental shop. Are you interested? And I was just like, yeah. You Are you sure you didn't run into Hallie there? Because she's, a, she's <laughs> a former Mount Snower. Yeah, we could have totally crossed paths, except I wasn't. Yeah, we're talking 15 years ago. 50, okay. All right. Not, not, not that far off, though. Not that far off. Just I think I missed you about five, six years. I just say, super lucky. And. I got the, you know, got the phone call and then I was literally, you know, jumped on a plane to Boston, drove up to Mount Snow and, you know, worked in this rental. I had, you know, I had no, I'd, I'd never, I'd never skied or snowboarded before in, in my entire life. Skiing's right? not that big in I, Essex? <laughs> no, not at all. No, snow big mountains there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a, I don't know, it was a, as a gamble that, 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 that kind of paid off. You know, the original plan that, that, that when you talk to people is, you know, I'm going to go be a, be that be a ski bum for a for a winter season and then and then go home you know but i had such a great time at mount snow it was awesome and i, I didn't want to go back home so i went and worked at lake powell uh during the summertime um and then a recruiter from park city came to lake powell to recruit seasonal employees over but my original plan was to go back to mount snow because i i had such a blast and he's like no you've got to come to park city you know i was like oh i've got a job you know and he's like no come work for me on the lifts at park city mountain resort you know, the snow's so much better. And you know, he's, he, he, he was a good salesman. And I was like, oh, absolutely, I'll, I'll do that. So I came over to Park City, worked a winter season um, there. I was a lifty. Uh, I was the, the lift leader on Bonanza chair. Um, and then kind of I worked at that resort for just shy of 10 years, you know. Um, you wow. know, did a little bit of hustling back and forth, you know, like, we, you know, to be perfectly honest, we, we, you know, the, the ski resort is not exactly lucrative. <laughs> so I ended up bartending in the evening, you know. Sure. So I was you know, li- lifting during the day, bartending at night, you know, to, to, to make that extra money. Um, you know, fortunate uh, to meet my wife. Uh, she was actually working on the, the Bonanza chair at the, at the same time. So, you know, ended up dating, getting married um, and ended up staying in the United States, you know, never part of the plan. Um, but, you know, 
the best laid plans, right? It was a right. <laughs> I can't seems say to have worked. Fairer than that, yeah. I like that day. I, I I popped. I you know I left Heathrow Airport in England. I had a backpack, um, and and now I'm over here. I have a, a wife, two children, a house, two cars. <laughs> do you job, still have you know, the backpack? <laughs> I do. Yes. <laughs> I thought he was going to say the wife, then I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's fantastic. What a cool story. That is a great story, actually. Yeah. yeah. So relatable, too, because I feel uh, like I got my start at Mount Snow. I made some of the best friends I have to date still, you know, and it's just one of the best jobs that I ever had. And I look back on my time at Mount Snow, and it was just one season, like you. And it was literally one of the best winter seasons I ever had just because of the people and the experience and just being around skiing and snowboarding. And it was awesome. I actually learned to ski at Mount Snow. Oh, wow. Well, me too. Way, <laughs> way, way back in the day, I learned to ski at Mount Snow. Now I have a question for you and I think Hallie might get a kick out of this. Do, do you have a name tag at D bags in West Dover Ooh, on question. the wall? I do somewhere, yes. yes. Oh, yes. You and Hallie have something in common. Yes. yes. My, my, my Mount Snow employee badge from the rental shop. It's there somewhere, but as you say, you know, the, the is it Dan Bar and Grill? I think it is. Dover Bar and Grill, D Bags. Yeah, Dover mm-hmm. Bar and Grill was, you know, was, was my, you know, my at home spot, right? I, Absolutely. I got off the bus on the way home. I pretty much was there, I'd say. I'd like to say six nights out of seven, but I'll probably say maybe <laughs> But we'll four. say seven. <laughs> That's conservative. <laughs> and and away you go. Yeah, we were talking back in the, the really the early days, you know, we all came over from England. There was a house, there was ten of us, there was two to a room. You know, they really kind of kind of packed us in, but that was that was part of the whole experience. And you know, we'd jump off the bus on the way home and the bus stopped running, I think, at ten o'clock. So you had two choices. You either got the bus and you had an early night or or you hitched home and I've had many a time where I've been walking down that main road with my thumb out. Route 100. The, the, pe- the people in in Mount Snow, are, you know, are you know awesome. You know, like I, I never didn't get home. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone was just so awesome there, and I, I you know, I, 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 my plan was to go back there and do it again. But you know, the, the Park City option also seemed really as a great opportunity, so I, I kind of jumped on it. But you know. If it wasn't for for Mount Snow, I would I would I wouldn't be here right now. You know? so, I could say that exact same sentence. So, and that being said, the next time I'm at D bags, I'm going to find your name tag yes. and I'm going to text it to you. I, yes. I will 100. I, I've <laughs> done that for awesome, I've dude. actually done that to Hallie before. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> what was but your yeah, drink was, at the D bags though? What was your go to? Oh, Mine was white you know, Russians. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, mine, mine was just a simple beer at those times. You know. I was a lifty. It was I, I, if if I was looking at it like that, it was whatever that was on special. I think I only order PBRs at Dbex. How would that work? Yeah, Yeah, I got white Russians and two dollar tots. They had tater tots, and that was like dinner some nights. As a snow reporter, (laughs) you're just going up. You're going home, and you're in bed by eight p.m. and you're happy about it after a a wholesome meal of white Russians and tater tots. Sorry, mom. love it i i had no idea in 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 all the time that you and i have chatted and I, that you were a mount snow guy initially so that's cool all right very cool so, you know, yeah and then obviously ended up in park city and then kind of the rest has been great as you say it was uh you know you don't make a ton of money in the ski industry so you know i got into that bartending roots uh you know just like a lot of other people you talk your way into a, a bar gig you know i was working as a food runner 
And one of the bartenders ended up leaving. So I was like, hey, I can bartend. And then jump behind, <laughs> jump behind the bar. And it was a lot different when I used to pour pints back at my local, back at home in England. You know, I'd, I'd do gin and tonics and I'd pour pints. And next thing you know, people are asking for cosmopolitans. And I was just like, oh, so you, you learn you learn pretty quick. You learn pretty fast. And and then, you know, that, that kind of cocktail uh, piece was added to the resume. And then, you know, High West opened and I was lucky enough to, to get the opportunity to bartend uh, there. And, you know. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a fun ten years. I've been, I've been with High Western for ten years in January. Wow! Wow! Congratulations! Congrats! Yeah, it's awesome. That's great. You're doing the Lord's work. A decade of service. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers to that. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Yep. Yeah, this is so good. I love it. I think this is why we decided to do this podcast. (laughs) We're like have everybody teach us really good drinks. That yeah, we might not make this way at It's home. really just an excuse to drink with great people like yourself. Exactly. <laughs> you know, whatever it takes, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So <laughs> t- tell us a little bit about your work at High West Distillery. Obviously, you're the beverage, direct- you're the beverage director there, or director of beverage. So, you know, it's, it's one of the great things about High West as a company is that, you know, they're all about, you know, you know promoting from within. So, you know, like I said, I you know, kind of started bartending there, um, you know, just part time. You know, it was during Sundance. You know all these crazy stories that you kind of get in the in the in the bar world. You know, I I show up for my first day at High West. Uh, it's a Sundance party, and um, you know I was part time, two shifts a week, uh, and I roll in for my first shift, and I was like, hey, uh, you know, just so you know, the bartender that was supposed to be working the the party today and training you hasn't shown up. He was a uh, at a Sundance party and it didn't <laughs> didn't make it back. You know, <laughs> um, so so here's the bar, here's the drinks. You need to learn how to make these three drinks very very quickly. And I got kind of thrown to the wolves, um, which was awesome. And at the end of the shift, they were like, okay, this guy's not coming back. Would you like his full-time job? So uh, you're within less than you know, 12 hours of being you know, a, a part-time iOS employee, I ended up you know, um, full-time with those guys. You know, other people's misfortunes are other people's gains, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and that, was, that was the start of High West. And you know, over the years, we kind of – you know, we're bartending there, we're doing our thing. And, you know, High West as a brand is so small at this time, you know, we're, we're looking, you know, 10 years ago and the brand is growing, you know, as a, as the way the restaurant is. Exponentially. You know, yeah. Um, and then the bar manager um, ended up leaving and, you know, I kind of talked my way into a, you know, a lead bartender position to run the bar program. And it was a dual role with uh, myself and, and the Holly Booth. Um, we both kind of started working at High West together, and and between the two of us, we started running the the bar program. Um, we did simple things at the very beginning, like we took out the the citrus that you'd buy from the the, you know, the concentrated citrus, and we we bought in fresh citrus. And we took out the Coca Cola gun, uh, ripped that out from behind the bar, and brought in Mexican Coke, Mexican Sprite, and just kind of elevated the program, just sure. doing really simple, small things. You know, at the at the early days, Holly and myself would sit at the end of the bar and bartenders would come up and like, try this, try that. And then we'd give them feedback, switch this out. How would you want to play that? What's your goal? What are you trying to achieve? And we'd give them all the feedback and then we put the, you know, we kind of put a, a menu together. So, you know, if we're looking for 15 cocktails on a menu, we have 20 cocktails that kind of make the cut. Then they go to what's called our tasting panel of managers, the kitchen guys, the chefs, our people with palates. We'll bring in some servers. You know, we'll bring in a cross population of people across the business because obviously everybody's palates are different. Some people like sweet, some people like you know boozy, um, and then we taste them all blind. So you give them marks out of five. You know, you know uh, flavor, balance, complexity, 
and there's no names of cocktails. There's kind of no ingredients, just an idea of kind of what's in it. No bias as to who's made it. And then everybody votes. And then the, 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 fifth, the top 15 kind of make the menu. I need to get on and, this panel. Right? <laughs> this sounds like the what? voice of cocktails. Yeah. Like yeah. in the blinds. Did you turn your chair for like what? What did you turn your chair for? <laughs> and uh, you know, it's one of the it's, you know we do it twice a year. It's one of the highlights of, of kind of what we do. And then um, so the reason we chose to do it blind is because we didn't want any biases to come in. Now we all try to think that we're you know super you know straight thinkers and we 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 won't think outside the boat. But you can't be like, hey, you know, Steve created this cocktail. Oh, Steve's an asshole, you know, and so <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like that drink. Not true. And and you and and you can put biases towards a cocktail just because of the person that may have come up with it. So everything's blind, and then we do the big reveal at the end, you know. And so it's a it's a full rounded collaboration between the whole team, and I think that's what's been one of the biggest successes of kind of what we do at High West. It's not just that one person's overall ideal kind of ideology of what these cocktails should be. It's a it's a collective, and I think that's what makes it so successful. You know? I feel like the big reveal is kind of like the rose ceremony in The Bachelor. Right. Yeah, I like it. Will you like, accept this bourbon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will you accept dead man's boots? <laughs> I do. So you switch out the menu, the drink menu, every six months, give or take? So we do a summer and a winter menu. And obviously the winter menu is definitely more focused on the hot drinks, the more stirred and strong, the more you know boozy, more forward. And then in the summertime, they go into that light and refreshing, you know, like your Aperol spritz, your seltzers. So we kind of change with the season and to what people are going to want to drink. You know, you can't get away from the old fashioned. It's still the popular, the dead man's boots. You know, that's, a, that's another staple. Um, I may have had a few that, of those. Yeah. So that specific cocktail is the only cocktail, you know, the only High West original cocktail that is on our menu year round. Plus, Dead Man's so Boots has tequila in it, correct? If I'm, it does, if, it does yeah. indeed. Tequila is great any a, time of the yeah. year. <laughs> it's an ounce and a half of uh, American Prairie bourbon. You have an ounce of Reposado tequila flavoring, uh, <laughs> lime juice. Exactly, that is the flavoring. <laughs> the flavoring. You need the flavoring. Uh, <laughs> then we have just lime juice, simple syrup. And then we top it off with Fever Tree Ginger Bear. You know, it's it's so simple and so easy. It's, yeah, it's good. I've tried to replicate it at my house. I, I could do better. I know I can, but it's uh, it, it's a good drink. It sounds like an drink. opportunity to bottle this one too. Yeah, you, yeah. Take the guesswork out of it. But, well, what kind of gets tricky when it comes to that kind of stuff is the citrus component. You know, and, right. and, and and making it kind of shelf stable. I, I definitely think if you look forward from the vision perspective, that could be something that that. that we could potentially explore, get but it's vision. understanding this, the shelf stability of, of citrus. And I think it's the hardest part to, to get your head around, but I'm sure we've got some awesome people in our lab that will come up with. I'm sure you can find some flavoring <laughs> that yeah. citrus. Yeah. And boots <laughs> that you could put it in. Oh, now that would be great. A boots bottle. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're, we're, I mean, listen, now you're thinking. if you want us on staff, we're, we'll be we're, on the panel. we're ready for that panel. We're on the panel. <laughs> Twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come out. Does this make I feel like we're board members now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. This is about the part of the podcast where I feel like the, the cocktail hits me. And uh, forgive me. Two questions me. in. Yep, forgive me. <laughs> All right. So uh, you, had, you had alluded to this earlier about the, the, the liquor laws in Utah being unique that's a nice way of putting it i think unique unique is a good way to say mm -hmm. it um obviously it's a it's a traditionally it's a predominantly mormon state traditionally uh some you know religious what what are some of the what you know maybe give me like one or two laws that are somewhat unique that 
you have to kind of delve around. So you know, kind of what we, what we spoke about earlier is just understanding, you know, no more than two and a half ounces in a cocktail. So one of the things you can think about is like, a, you think about a long island iced tea and you look at, you know, you're probably going to do, you know, that's, There's that's like 17 and a half ounces in a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> you guys so don't sell those? Yeah. <laughs> we do not. <laughs> a lot of flavoring so, in that one. <laughs> yeah. If you, if, you, if you created a Long Island iced tea, you'd do half ounce, half ounce, half ounce, half, half ounce, top it with Coke, and it just tastes like Coke. <laughs> So it's it's so there's certain things that you don't uh, don't explore. So that's probably the the, the biggest one, um, and then understanding um, the Berg system, and and that's it's sorry the everything what? the the Berg system. So everything has to be dispensed through a little mini computer. Hmm. So you what? have a and if I knew we were going to talk about this, I'd have one of these tops with me. So basically, what it does is it's a computerized liquor dispensing system. So uh, the pour spout sits on the bottle, mm-hmm. um, and you, you you add it to the machine, and you pour it upside down, and it will pour you an exact ounce and a half. I've, I've seen that before. Yes. Yeah. Bye-bye. I just and didn't so know it had a, a name. Yeah. So Ber- the Berg unfun is spout company. is yeah. what you yeah. should yeah. rename it to. <laughs> Um, so that's a that's a law in the state of Utah. Anyone that serves hard liquor has to have one of these machines behind the bar, and everything has to be run through it, accounted for, um, and then you get like a, a a year an audit every year, and you have to show your books and just just show that everything's legit and it's pouring correctly. You know, very similar to like weights and measures at the gas station to make sure that everything's pouring correct. And every, uh, so it's, it just allows you to you know register everything and look um, and keep control of the liquor that's dispensed at your restaurant. And then the second kind of, kind of component about, around it is it's actually illegal to give away a complimentary drink in the state of Utah. So if you guys were sitting at my bar and you were with me for like three or four hours and you're having a great time and you're buying loads of drinks, I can't just turn around and hand the next two over and go, these guys are on me. Um, it's actually, so you're not allowed to do anything that's actually going to encourage you to drink. So if you come into the bar and you order a cocktail, I'll make you everything you have. So we don't do happy hours. We can't do discounted drinks and we can't give away any, anything complimentary. We can't encourage the consumption of alcohol, even though, you know. <laughs> that's interesting. It seems counterintuitive to the overall goal. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the, probably the, the three big things when it comes to, to Utah. But as you say, you know, you know, you get creative. There's always a workaround. The Berg is really not anything to get upset about because if you were a bar tender, you know, I, I pull my jigger out and I measure an ounce and a half. The machine is actually doing it for me, so it's actually not really, you know, hindering you. It actually facilitates the process. Ex- exactly. So yeah. as long as you, you you embrace it and understand it, and you know, the two and a half ounce rule and the flavorings. As long as you get on board with it, you know, the dead man's boots, you know, who would have thought whiskey and tequila would have paired in a cocktail, but, you know, it's delicious. Um, so, you know, a lot of these weird nuances that, that, that Utah have just makes us you know, more creative. You know, sure. you have to think outside the box and you have to come up with different ideas in order to, you know, there's not a single drink on our menu um, at the restaurant that doesn't have two and a half ounces of alcohol in it. But if you go to, you know, probably 50 to 60 percent of your traditional bars in Utah, you're going to get an ounce and a half. So, you know, that's why people come to High West. They love what we do. They're, you know, there's there's value in, A, we've got great products and uh, High West make phenomenal whiskeys. But, you know, the cocktail program is is awesome because we, we're we giving you, you know, everything that you're looking for in a, in a drink, you know. When Dave Perkins, our founder, you know, 
chose that as the location for the restaurant. It, it, it was genius because you, you literally can ski down Quentin time, pop your skis off, walk across the road and be at the distillery. You know, whether you're, you're there for, you know, to drink the whiskey neat, do the tours, you know, grab a great cocktail or some absolutely fantastic food. You know, we, we, we have it all and it's great. And it's, you know, you can walk across the road, jump on the town lift and be back out on the ski resort at ski, uh, the ski resort in, in, in minutes. You know? Absolutely. And I mean, the accessibility, but then also the experience because people are going to High West for the drinks and the amazing cocktails, but also the food. I love the, the term gastro distillery. There's a lot of syllables. I'm two yeah. drinks in <laughs> and is, I nailed it. It is polysyllabic. Stuck the landing. <laughs> it, it covers everything. And, you know, the, the food is great. The drinks, the cocktails are awesome. The whiskey is, you know, obviously uh, award winning. And it just ties everything together. And, you know, in a, in a, in a normal winter, in a normal world, you know, our Apre ski party that we, we do for the Brewery launch is, 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 is awesome. Everyone gets dressed up in the retro gear and you've got your, you know, your neon pink onesies and you've got the, yes. the full work and yes. everyone skis down. Listen, and Hall, Hallie and I are yeah. not opposed to neon pink onesies. We can certainly do this <laughs> no, podcast like from half there. half of my wardrobe. Yeah. I have a few tipsy elves outfits. <laughs> I think it's time. You? I think it's time, <laughs> Steve. Are you, I don't know if you're ready for this. I, I, I'm not really sure. Hot tub talk. Here we go. These are rapid fire questions. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it's basically a verbal ink blot test for you. Steve, are you ready? No, I, no, no, I am nervous. Yeah, yeah, take a sip. Okay, take a sip. Yeah. Check take it. Another. <laughs> I'll have one with you. Okay. Nobody should drink alone. Alrighty. The first question. If you could choose one drink to enjoy for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, I'm going to go old fashioned because it's simplistic, uh, easy to drink, and you know, there's always going to be an abundance of whiskey, right? <laughs> You're not kidding. We'd like to think. <laughs> What's your favorite opera ski appetizer? Nachos, wings, or other? I'm a wings guy. You know? Yes. Oh, boy. For me, the nachos could get, you know, when you go with the amount of toppings that come on there, it could get a little soggy and they lose their kind of, their appeal. For me, it's wings all day. I think nachos may take a, a dive this year due to COVID. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that is a very social event. Yeah, it is. You Maybe. serve your nachos with a little hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. As Every long as High West Distillery just... making the hand sanitizer, I'm in. <laughs> there you go. And, and that we do. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> it, does it smell like the bourbon? No, no. Oh, damn. <laughs> Question number three. How many shot skis have you taken in your life? I don't know. I, 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 it's hard to tell. Even those early days in Mount Snow, it was probably like you know, one or two a night. Yeah. <laughs> one or two a night. <laughs> Innumerable. Yeah. But, but as Infinite. I'm going to give you an applause there for that one. That's the best. That's a, that's a great answer. You deserve that. Yeah. Okay. And, and High West actually has a, a High West branded Shotsky, a, a number of them, I believe. We, we do, yeah. So we, so we take them on the road with us when we go to, to various events, and it's always good to get. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great particip- participating sport. Yeah. It, <laughs> it is the ultimate friend maker. Jo- Johnny Mosley and I have taken a Shotsky or two with the Drink High West Hosky. Uh, with uh, Hosky? Wow. Yeah. Have another cocktail, like Rich. Have another one, yeah. We have taken a shot ski or two with the one from High West. Oh, Good recovery. Yeah, wow. God. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, w- which do you prefer, Opreski? A warm fire and a good book, or good tunes and fun games? Uh, tunes and games. <laughs> Last question: What's your favorite ski-themed movie? I'm trying to think of that now. What's, oh man, that's uh, I can picture the film, but I can't remember the title of it now. That old school kind of '80s one. There's a few oh, of them. Man. I know. Shit. I, <laughs> that's kind of like all of them. Ski school, Damn. ski patrol. Ski school, that's the one. There we go. <laughs> that's a good one. Thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, thank you for having me on. This has been an absolute blast. Yeah, we had a bl- we had a lot of fun. <laughs> That was a great conversation. I loved it. That was uh, that was Steve Walton, director of beverages at High West Distillery out in Park City, Utah. It's like, could you imagine how lucky you would be if you got Steve behind the bar making your cocktails, telling uh, you stories? I, I gotta be honest. I felt like I was actually sitting, conversing with a bartender through that throughout that interview. How about that Mount Snow? I know, like the cool part about it was like that there was, the, yeah, and the fact that both of your name tags are on the wall somewhere at D Bags. I'm telling you. We have so much in common, me and Steve. I think you guys just became best friends. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back to D-Bags and move my name tag <laughs> closer to Steve's. Right now is next to my best friend, Alina's, and uh, I hope it's still there. We'll move them both. Can someone at D-Bags confirm that my name tag is still there? I'm going to go. I take inventory every year. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> I'm there. But I, I will definitely check this winter when I go as well. All right, please do. I should be there as early as New Year. But yeah, you know, Steve. Steve had a great story. Uh, you know, just like, I mean, talk about. Let me just go pick up and ski bum, and uh, ended up really working out for me. Ended up at, at obviously one of the best opera ski locations on, on the planet, the world's only ski in ski out gastro distillery. Right. Gastro distillery. I feel like they invented that term. That's why it's the only one. It defines them to a T. Lots of syllables, though. There is a lot. After some bourbon and some rye. Bourbon and rye in one drink. The flavoring. The flavoring, yes. Don't forget about the flavoring. Anyhow, uh, we are Beyond the Opera. I am Rich Stoner with All About Opera. You can follow me on my socials at All About Opera. And I am Hallie O'Brien with The Snow Report. You can follow us on all of the things at The Snow Report, Facebook, Instagram, just just not Pinterest. <sighs> Friggin' Pinterest. Pinterest is still a thing? I believe so. Okay. If you're into like bracelets and chicken wings. Bracelets and chicken wings. I feel like that's a band I want to be a part of. Yeah, it's a cover band. I saw them this weekend. All right, come see us live Friday and Saturday nights at the (laughs) D-Bags. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Apre. We will see you in the next episode. Till then, Cheers. cheers.